Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. This episode, we're going to be breaking down that game against Zenit, more contract news, and we'll even find time to discuss our favourite snacks. Now here are your hosts, all the way from the UK, Mikey Burr and Chris. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. The Champions League draw was concluded, no it wasn't, the Champions League itself though was concluded this week, and the FA Cup third round was drawn. But how are my own two top draw co-hosts, Beth and Chris, doing? Yeah, I'm very good. Nothing to complain about this week. The weekend's here, thank God. Chris, I think I might be mistaken, but I think you've had a bit of a worse week than me. I'll let you elaborate. I would say how are you, but I know you're not very well at the moment. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm a lot like the Chelsea team, the Chelsea fans. Let's just get December over with. Because at the minute... Well, December's been horrendous, so we've had the, the dip in form of Chelsea, obviously, which has affected my mood drastically. Uh, but then got um, positive COVID test as well, so just got to sit in my house now for 10 days, which is incredibly, incredibly boring. It's, but you get to talk to us, you get to talk to us, and that's incredibly boring. Yeah, yeah. incredibly boring. I've really looked forward to this all day, so. Uh, the listeners now know that we still record from Skype. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. We, we, it's just how it is. Um, Social distancing is a different world, different planet. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's what I can't. It was some gym guy I follow called it the Voldemort virus. It's the virus that nobody wants to talk about or they're sick of talking about. And I thought, ooh, I like, I like that. So I started using that. I'm trying to make that a thing within my own life. I quite like I mean, it. I was like, Voldemort virus. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly sick about talking about it. Chris is just sick from it. So, just exactly. You know. Exactly. I mean, we've, yeah. I've mentioned Voldemort. I'm. Sometimes you see Harry Potter on at Christmas. Where's this going? Well, in the run-up to Christmas, we said we'd answer a question sent in from the listeners. Remember, it doesn't have to be Chelsea-related. This week, it's the turn of Sixers player who asked, what is your Mount Rushmore of game-time snacks? So, top four. You know, there's four four heads on the Mount Rushmore. Um, I'll go with mine first, just so you can maybe bounce off it or make your own. Controversial, I'm sure some will be. Uh, I'm kind of having to go with my Super Bowl Mount Rushmore snacks here. Um, so that's uh, it's more savoury than sweet. So I've got tortilla chips with the accompanying dip, you know, hot salsa or nacho cheese. You can't beat the classics. Um, followed by mini pizzas. Um, this one's going to be a bit wild cardy, but Wednesdaydale cheese with cranberries, because that stuff, you probably shouldn't eat too much of it. But it's so good, that cheese is. Oh, it's so good. And to close it out, I'm going to say, let's get sweet in. I'm going to go for Harry Botang Fastics. Nice, nice. Um, I can't really compare that about those choices. Some good solid choices in there I must admit. that cheese is so good honestly i had it last christmas i I just love that so much it's so good cheese in a as a whole is just absolutely fantastic and it's got it's fruit in it most, it's got fruit I, I, I think cheese as a whole is probably the most underrated food there is mm, yeah, no, no, oh, yeah. in my opinion but going to my, my mount rushmore snacks what i will say is when i watch chelsea i don't eat anything or drink anything it's like a bit of a superstition I just, I can't, I just, my stomach, me, I can't have anything that involves liquid or food or anything like that because I'll just, I'm such a nervous wreck when I watch Chelsea, I just can't, I can't stomach it. But um, in general, watching something else or watching films or whatever, um, yeah, um, crisps are top tier. 
Um, pizza is always a good one. Uh, chips or fries, whatever you want to go with. Um, what else is there? Um, I do like a good biscuit, you know. Oh, I do like, I do like biscuits. Um, I, I could quite easily cup of tea, some malted milk, some digestive, oh, some hubnubs. Yes. I mean, that's that's a bit of a go-to of mine. I know it's very old-fashioned, very English as well. Oh, malted um, milk's a classic. Yeah, but like that's that's me down to a tea, that is. Um, I, I just love it. Love it. So, yeah, that, they're mine anyway. Chris, we need to hear it. What, what's your top four? Uh, Pringles. Oh, yeah, of course. Ooh. I forget them. Probably paprika, if I had to pick the flavour. Oh. oh, that's... Oh, no. Chris, what a curveball. That's... Uh... Here's what, me, paprika? sour cream and chive. No, paprika. I think Texas barbecue is the best with the Pringles. Also, yeah, plain, I original. <laughs> I, like, I like most flavours of Pringles, to be fair. I think oh. paprika's um, out there, though. I think that's a very jazzy suggestion, Chris, I must admit. Yeah, yeah I was there. Um, what else do I have? Uh, sweet and salted popcorn. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Good show. Good show. Some form of chocolate. Probably dairy milk. Just a classic, classic dairy milk. Can't go wrong. Uh, I am with you, Beth. I do like a biscuit. Probably a cookie mm. if I had to, if I had to choose Cookies a biscuit. Cookies are very nice. Oh. Back, you know what? Going back to the chocolate thing, though, this is a very, very unpopular opinion. I reckon like, if we were to not have chocolate on this planet, I think I could quite easily go without it. But I'm not a massive chocolate fan. Not really a massive oh. chocolate eater. It's nice, but would I go out my way to buy it? No. I just, I could, I could give or take it, to be honest. Crisp sweets are above them. Um, I just, yeah, I'm not a massive chocolate fan, I must admit. That, that's controversial. I'm, I'm going to swiftly move along. I can hear this is dropping off. Um, another round. It's another round. You know where it's coming. Who is that former blue? And it's facts. We're going based on the facts. So this one, he's won six league titles in his career so far. There's a clue. He's so far. So he's still playing. Um, he's featured on the cover of the Italian version of FIFA 15. He's one of only three foreign-born players to have played for his particular country at a FIFA World Cup. And he's played with Radamel Falcao, Jersey Dudek and Nicolas Gaitan. And before you ask, yes, they were on the same field at the same time, before you wonder. Mm. Any ideas? Who was he played? Yeah. He's played with Falcao, Dudek. And Gaitan. All at, and they was all on the field at the same time? Not at the, in the same game, <laughs> but mm. like obviously at the same time that this particular player has been on the same as Falcao was, he was at the same time as Duke. Because obviously some people throw these names in and they were just in the squad at the same time, but they were never on the pitch at the same time. Uh, I've not got a clue. I don't uh, know, not a clue. No, it, it, to be honest, it's the Dudek one that's through me. Oh, I thought it might. That's why I included him. Yeah. I thought, ah, it's going to be uh, interesting. Um, with that, though, we're going to head straight to the newsroom, see what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. Another week, another lot of news to get through. Not too much this week, though. So we're going to head to the festive elevator of Chelsea News. Chelsea have the capacity to sign Barcelona's Usman Dembele, who Thomas Tuchel knows better than anyone else. Chelsea will play Chesterfield in the third round of the FA Cup. Lokomotiv Moscow will not be taking up their option to buy Faustino Andrin. 
Antonio Rudiger is moving closer to leaving Chelsea as a free agent next summer. Chelsea had offered £50 million for Dean Henderson when they were last looking for a goalkeeper around the start of the previous season. Although Antonio Rudiger is set to be tempted by a move to Real Madrid, no decision about his future has been made as of yet, and reports of a Real Madrid agreement are far of the mark. Conor Gallagher, as it stands, is not expecting to be recalled by Chelsea in January. Billy Gilmore potentially could be, depending on injuries. And Barcelona star Ronald Araujo has reportedly agreed a deal to become Antonio Rudiger's replacement at Chelsea. That's the news. Remember, when you hear reportedly, I don't know how these all work because that's tapping up in my book, but whatever. Um, guys, what, what are you thinking this week? It's contract. There's always contract nonsense, isn't there? It's just Rudiger. I think, obviously, I would just think... Next week, we're going to be talking about contract Rudiger news. <laughs> you just know it. Just, yeah, I, I just think he's gone now. I think if he wanted to really stay at Chelsea, I think he would have signed something by now, or there would have been a, a conclusion to all this. Um, I really do think they'd have sorted something out. It just seems as if he's got his heart set on going away from Chelsea. Um, money. Yeah. What? Yeah. It, it's it, money. It, the money. I mean, come on. I, to be fair, though, £400,000, if that is true, that's, and someone that's pays him money. The, the money that Salah wants, oh, I'm sorry, but no, no way. That, that you is pay. ridiculous. No, oh. you can't be paying a defender. I'm, so, I'm sorry if that upsets people, but you can't be paying a defender that much money. No, and, and I, I totally agree with that, and I don't think you should pay him that. Um, so I think I'd, I'd like to think he won't go to another Premier League club I'd like to think it will be a Real Madrid a Bayern Munich a PSG somewhere like that um, it's a shame it is a real shame because I do think we all miss someone like Rudiger like I've said before he's a big character he's a leader on the pitch um, but you can almost tell by his performances recently that he hasn't been the Rudiger like he was under Tuchel last year um, mm. and you do sort of think he's his mind elsewhere um, I would love for, I'd love for him to stay, but it, at the moment, it doesn't look like it, does it really? No, I, I, I personally believe he was gone a few weeks ago. I mean, I've said this ages ago, but, you know, it's, I almost get bored of hearing my own voice drone on about Rudiger, what's going to happen next? Let's see how it goes. But, you know, I'm sure, I just all I care about right now is if that's happening, cool, whatever, I'm not going to have a whinge. I hope the club have got plans in place to replace top talent with top talent. Mm, That's exactly. all I want to know. Yeah. It, it, irrelevant of the player, as long as they're a top-tier talent and it's not just, well, we'll get them. You know, that's, you know. Chris, what are you thinking this week's news? Well, sort of linked to that is, I'm getting a bit concerned, actually, in the fact that everyone that we're linked with replacing Rudiger isn't top-tier talent. You know, we've got that Hungarian centre-half who, <laughs> let's face it, until that link come out, no one had heard of. And if people who say, oh, I knew who he was, I lie. No one had heard of him. Um, and then this Barcelona fella, I mean, he's not pulling up any trees at Barcelona who are eighth in La Liga. That's not top-tier talent for me. You know, the the rumours around sort of Koundé have quietened down, uh, even again, is he top-tier? I would say probably not. The rumours with Delict have gone away, it seems. So it does concern me that instead of replacing Rudiger and potentially Christensen with top tier talent, we're just going to go for cut price players. 
to be fair, you could, you could pick a Rouge or I'm very poor at pronouncing names, everyone knows, but he could be quite cheap, actually, because of obviously Barcelona's financial situation. They can't really stand tall with it. So he might be a good bargain buy. I'm, but sorry. again, he's another player in the, uh, until we was linked with him. I'd never heard of him. That's fair. So we're not we're not signing someone who has won lo- won loads of trophies and had a glittering career. We're looking at people who are bit part players at big clubs, but they're not they're not main men. And Rudiger is a main man for us. So if you're going to replace him, it needs to be someone of that stature. I, I just really concerned that this summer we could lose three defenders. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's. I, it, mm. I don't see us replacing them with players who are anywhere near their quality. I totally agree. It, it's a big concern because we're at a stage where oh, you'd hope that plans are being drawn up because it's you mm. can't go on and just expect. We also, we also seem though to be linked with defenders who only really fit in a back three system which is fine if that's what Tuchel plans to play, then some would argue that you need players who fit the system. And that is that is the case. But I'd prefer us to sign someone who could also play in a back four. So it does give us the option of going to that. I mean, because the problem I think we've got now is Rudiger, uh, Christensen, Azpilicueta, Chalobah due to inexperience. We've seen them in back fours. They are better in back threes, which is why I think Tuchel has been so reluctant to go away from this system because it does drastically weaken our centre-backs when you put them in a two. Thiago Silva, I think, mainly for the protection of of his legs. He, he doesn't have as much ground to cover playing in a back three. Would he struggle in a back four, potentially? We know Rudiger does. We know Christensen does. So I think that's almost the problem we've got now. And if we sign more centre-backs who can only play in a back three, we are sort of handcuffing ourselves into playing that system forever. Yeah, well, I can't really argue with what you're saying there. You're spot on. I mean, it's just consistent. We're going to have to find out in time. It's going to be one of them. We don't know. It's going to be an interesting summer, one way or the other. That's sort of how we're seeing that. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We shall see. I mean, before we came on air, we did find out as well, Give credit, National League's leaders, Chesterfield, they play Chelsea, obviously, as we know. They've been flexed into a live game slot, which is fantastic for them. They'll get, I think it's about 85,000 for being shown live on the TV. It's much better than some of the boring selection of games that they had picked for the FA Cup. And that's not being biased being Chelsea fans. It's the fact that we want to see non-league sides. Do we really want to see Man United and Villa again? No. And we know it's going to be the B teams for them too, isn't it? They're not going to turn up. They don't really care. I always think with these sort of FA Cup games as well, though, it would be nice if, since we've been drawn at home, if we gave the gate receipts to Chesterfield because they need it more mm. than we yeah. that, that one game for a club like us, the gate, losing those gate receipts isn't going to make a jot of difference, but it could keep Chesterfield in business for like five years. Oh, so gosh, yeah. I start yeah. with not, not just Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, whoever. I think if you're, if you're drawn against someone so low, in the in in the, the football pyramid, mm. it would be a nice gesture just to give all the gate receipts to them. Yeah, hundred percent. I I've always, I always back that hundred percent, and it really should be. So I don't think any Premier League clubs would have an issue with that. And if they did, I've got to say, really, 
come up yeah. you know we always <laughs> complain that you know the pyramid's so important and crucial and we're so fortunate in this country to have such a, a diverse footballing pyramid and non-league and all that sort of thing look after it you know let's look after it going forward so yeah um you heard earlier obviously that the champions league group stage concluded this week we headed to russia took on zenit very cold they shut the roof for us kept it warm inside um it ended 3-3 which yes we conceded three goals yeah uh it started so well and it ended in a bit of a piss poor showing i thought but there were positives but how did you see our trip to russia guys um very very disjointed um i think you could really tell that players were playing out of position uh i thought going forward they were actually quite good i thought Werner looked very sharp uh mount looked pretty good Lukaku got a goal obviously so that's that's good for his confidence um i thought reese james and midfield actually weren't bad other than that, uh, sorry, Kepper as well. Kepper played really well. Give him credit. Um, other than that, though, I think that was it. I thought Saul at left wing back got into some good positions, did arrive, but was quite poor in possession. Um, looks out of his depth at Chelsea, I must admit. Um, as for the Quare, really looked slow. Um, the other day, like, really, really looked slow. And I thought Christensen and Malang Sar looked very, they just looked really rash in going for the ball. They were out of position a lot of the time. Um, they made wrong choices at the wrong times um, and again they just looked very disjointed next to each other and I thought Ross Barkley as well um, he didn't give any protection to the back five uh, he lost the ball way too many times I think for their first goal or second goal he gave it away in a very very silly position um, and it was just very very disjointed from start to finish we got lucky to get a point point. Uh, yeah, there were very few positives and a lot of negatives, really. I mean, I, I, yeah. On the negatives, I will touch that in a bit, because I'm sure Chris has his views on that as well, which he, he should hopefully does. Um, I thought, on a positive, I thought Werner was excellent. It was a top performance yeah. from him. Yeah, he had one or two bad moments. I mean, but kind of looking at that game, who didn't? You know, Mason Mount has been in some decent form recently, and for me, he was invisible in that game. He, it was almost as well. I disagree. Was... I really? I thought he was I, like wearing I, no, a nice I, camo coat in a forest because I didn't no, see him. No, I, I disagree with that. I thought, he was, I thought he was very good. I thought he was busy all night. Um, I, I thought all the front three uh, were very good, but it's your the, opinion, mate. I the one, that. The one thing I think we can all agree on, and I'm going to bring Chris in, is Kepper. He came in for Mendy. And there's no point even commenting on this redemption art because it's it's complete. It's true. It's true. Solid he was. And yeah, OK, he conceded three. But without him, we lose that game. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he's inexplicably still getting some criticism for the third goal, which, you know, would Mendy have saved it? I think he probably would. He's taller. So <laughs> we can't ask, can't ask Kepa to grow. You can't take anything away from the strike and the, the god-awful defending mm. for that goal. I, if you're looking at the goalkeeper there, then you're just ignoring everything else that was wrong with it uh, because he's the last thing that I would be criticising with that goal. Uh, and without him, I I don't think it's an exaggeration to say Zenit could have scored six. And this is a Zenit team that is nowhere near the level of really Champions League football. So that is a real concern. The only thing I would say is it was a disjointed performance from a disjointed team sheet. I, I, it's almost mm. the performance I expected when I looked at the team because 
Christensen's gone back to being Christensen. Um, I had an argument on Twitter about it, but let's face it, a few good games for Christensen doesn't make him a good player, and he's had more bad games for Chelsea than good ones. So I honestly do think that that contract will be coming off the table soon because I just don't see what he offers. He's still incredibly weak, doesn't win his aerial duels, doesn't doesn't win his ground duels for that matter. He's relatively quick and he's okay on the ball, but I mean, I don't think that makes you the sort of top quality defender that we should be should be having. Uh, as for Laquitta, I think for the first time since he's joined Chelsea, I can't remember the last time he had a good game. Every time I see him now, he looks off the pace, he looks slow, his positioning isn't great. Even his sort of enthusiasm and that doesn't seem to be there. He's another one. I wouldn't be shocked to see leave in the summer because I just think it's it's almost like him and Chelsea's run its natural course now. And he, he almost looks like someone who needs a new challenge to reignite the last few years of his career and from a Chelsea point of view, I don't think he's in good enough form to be throwing new contracts at him. Um, Malangsa, just—it's just he's not good enough. I don't—I don't really know why he's still here. The only reason I can think he's still here is because we couldn't find a loan move for him. That's the only reason why he's still even on the plane. I think um, Saul started really well. What? What? I don't mean thirty seconds from him. <laughs> and then that—and then that was it. Uh, incredibly bad crossing. My God. Yeah, I've really never, bad. I've never seen so many bad crosses from one player. Um, Barkley had his moments. I thought, the one thing I, I will say about Ross Barkley is I don't think he's good enough to play full games for us, but his little pass to Werner when Werner set Lukaku up is a brilliant pass. The weight of that pass is outstanding. Um, but so the problem had... is with Ross Barkley. Sorry to interrupt. You. The problem with Ross Barkley is, yeah, brilliant, technically a very good footballer. Can use him for twenty minutes, thirty minutes in a game to impact a game. But you cannot, absolutely cannot use him as one of the two number sixes because he will give you no protection and he will lose the ball in, in stupid areas. He has got that little. He takes a lot of risk, Ross Barkley. I think we've talked about that before. And he can produce those killer passes. He can, but there's too far too many times with Ross Barkley that. He will lose the ball, hold on to the ball for far too long. But I've always said of him, his decision-making and his footballing brain is far too slow and not good enough to be at a club like Chelsea. Yeah. I think... Um, sorry. Um, I didn't like the Reese James midfield experiment at all. Um, I know some people was giving him praise, but to be honest with you, I think Reese James could walk on the pitch, stand perfectly still for 90 minutes, and there'd still be people who praise him. I don't think some people judge players fairly sometimes. I think you look at Timo Werner, he scored two goals and got an assist, and all I seen was criticism because he gave the ball away a couple of times. Which, I must <laughs> be following different people because I've not seen that. I've not seen an old yeah. criticised Timo. Oh, I've seen, seen loads of it about... Because to be fair, he does have moments where he doesn't look like a footballer, um, and he had <laughs> moments in the Senate game where he looked like he'd never seen a football before. But... Two goals and, and an assist. You can't say anything about that performance from a forward. That's, that's exactly what you want. If he, if he only plays in three moments in the game and he does that, I don't care. Um, yeah, yeah. Rich James, though, defensively, uh, no awareness whatsoever. Didn't cover the centre-half. Didn't cover the space that the wide centre-backs left when they went to press. Didn't cover the edge of the box for the third goal. Very slow in his passing. Too many touches always sideways and backwards, no intent in, in, in his play. Didn't like him there at all. Um, I thought Mount started really well, but then I'm sort of with Mikey. I think all of Mason Mount's performances lately has been really good 
and then just sort of drift away as the game goes on. And then yeah. kind of ended it like, oh, did Mount finish the game? I can't remember. Yeah, he starts um, off in a high-vis jacket and then he's wearing his yeah. camo coat in the second half. Yeah, he does seem yeah, to be I'll, struggling Werner, <laughs> uh, like I said, I just, just spoke well. And then Lukaku, good for him to get his goal, but the only person who looked like they wanted to use him properly was Werner. Um, uh, everyone else just doesn't seem to know how to play to him. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand what they're doing all week on the training ground, but there just doesn't seem to be any link between any of our players and Lukaku except Werner. Um, oh, and Hudson Odoi, I thought, was as poor. Yeah, he wasn't great. I read in a few articles that he didn't do himself justice for being picked, carrying on. But right, injuries have really hit us hard. Let's let's be honest. I mean, especially midfield. I'm, I'll bring in a stat. Six goals conceded in the past two games. That's worrying, yes. We went from not conceding from open play to constantly conceding from it. But I'm going to give some credit here because we've got a makeshift midfield and not playing our first-choice defenders doesn't help. Jorginho is tired as fuck because of the unavailability of Kovacic and Kante. And now we found out today, actually, I read that Jorginho has been playing through pain. Fair play. You know, that's we've all, we've all sometimes gone to work not well. And... Um, it, it sucks and we do our best, but it's, you know, straight away, you're not going to give a hundred percent because you can't. It doesn't help that it's, it's just, it's just, it's just shit luck that Kovacic is back. He's ready for Leeds and, oh, you've now got the, uh, the virus. So you can't play for 10 days. That's, that's devastating. I mean, he must be mentally, he must be so frustrated as well because he's ready. He's come back from a tough injury. He's, he can't get going again, especially he's going to be isolated for 10 days minimum. So that's, that's yes, yeah. and, and you don't know how long how it actually affect him. Not yeah, like Kai Havertz, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So you don't know, do you? So I, I mean, I'll, I'll bring. I do understand what people are saying about the midfield injury crisis, and I do, and I, I get that. But I do think the club's got to take some blame for this because I mean, we said it in the summer when we didn't know that Loftus Cheek was going to have his sort of resurgence. We nearly lost him. Like, Bloody has. Um, we was going into the season with three midfield players. I don't know what people thought was going to happen. And one of them is N'Golo Kante, who's always injured. So, I mean, really, it's almost like the club was looking at it, saying, Jorginho and Kovacic, they'll do you for the season, won't they? Well, no, not really. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't no. help that, for me, it's still pathetic when we say about squad depth. Timo Werner doesn't play as a forward-forward. And we've only got Lukaku, Lukaku as a striker. You know, you could yeah, say, oh, Kai Havertz, I've seen people, yeah. some people have shouted at me and gone, Kai Havertz, yeah, but as a false, that's not a striker, guys. That's okay. not Giroud. That, I mean, I know we had Batshuayi and he weren't great, but we got out of the door, Giroud, he went, Batshuayi went out on loan, Andrian, Rozier, okay, again, as I scream, they may not be the calibre we need right now as a backup, but the point is, we got rid of them with no bringing in of any backups. Exactly. It's, the it's same better with... to have someone than no one. It's the same with getting rid of Gallagher on loan, Gilmore on loan. Mm. We didn't have any midfielders and we've let two go out on loan. Yeah. I know we brought Saul in with the idea of playing him in the middle, which is fair enough, but that hasn't worked out at all. Oh, so, I, yeah, I wrote down here that Saul and Sar are not Chelsea level. I put in the NFL, they're, they're it's not, common. I put it's common in the NFL to fork a team because they're done. And but I, I, I do think, think now, done. yeah, I do think now though, Against Leeds, I'd like to see Werner and Lukaku as a two again and dropping Mount in, into that midfield. Yeah. Because Jorginho is going to need protection in there if he's not fully fit and he's playing through pain. 
I don't think you can put him next to Loftus-Cheek and, and in that double pivot and say, I think you two will be all right in there. Against Leeds, who are a high-intensity team, I think he needs to drop him out in there as well. I mean, we'll get to Leeds yeah. in just two seconds. I will add on the Sal thing. Can you tell me how many games he's played for us? Four, five maybe. It's just three. And I'm not being funny. Each one of those has made me long for the days of Marco Marin or Bakayoko because it's Sal is three, just... isn't it? It's three. He's played three games. Are you sure? Well, that's what I've pulled up on Transfer Market. Because he's played... I hope if they're not tried... wrong because I feel like he's... such a fool. He's he started twice against Villa. Once in the league, yeah. once in the cup. Started against Watford and now started against Zenit. Oh, yeah, Transfer Market. Maybe I've just read it wrong. Oh, that's stupid of me. Although, to be fair, against Villa both times, didn't he only last the first half? Oh, and against Watford. So. And Watford. So, yeah, he hasn't played. He's played one and a half games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got excited when we signed him. I so apologise for that. Because he's just been, all did, to be he's fair. been awful. I'm sorry. I, I said give the guy credit. And I stand by that. Give the guy some time. But, dude, how much time do you need? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Oh, he has. He's played eight games for us. I apologise. He has only he's played eight. Um, I feel like eight is quite a lot, though. I feel like yeah, two, in, two in the League I, Cup, I three in the Premier League, three in the Champions League. He's played a total of 372 minutes. Probably 372 minutes too long, if I'm honest. It's, not been, <laughs> it's, just, it's just not been good enough. Not worked out, has it? No. no I mean, yeah. according to this, he's played 45 minutes against Villa, two minutes against Newcastle, 45 minutes against Watford. That's all the Premier League. Um, League Cup was 76 and 90 minutes, and the Champions League, 25 minutes, 14 minutes, 75. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, with the draw, we'll, that's going to happen on Monday, so we, we'll probably touch on that, actually, on the review episode. We'll, it should have happened by then. I'm just trying to rattle my brain. Yeah, it's definitely not. We don't record that early in the day. Um, but, yeah. For me, we could have Bayern, we could have Real Madrid, we could have Lille or another t- Ajax. Now, everyone's saying Lille. Personally, if you beat Bayern, I think you're going to be winning the Champions League this year because Bayern are absolutely amazing. But you never know what can happen in February. We got Atletico and we thought we're screwed and we went on and won it. So you never know. Form, injuries, you never do know. Personally, I put it out there, whether it's right or wrong, it's my view. <laughs> And that's if we get Bayern and we get knocked out, so be it. We can focus on the league, maybe even get that title challenge. We've got no fixture congestion. If we beat them, hey, we're the team to beat again. Don't know what you think on the draw, but I think if we get Lille, I'll be honest, I'd be worried if we got Lille because I think our heads would go, we can win this. And that's when there's a problem, when it's, we can win this. No, because that would remind me of the Porto game, the uh, Porto leg from last year, where we thought, okay, this is... And the easiest game we could have, and we got through. Um, Lille was the obvious choice. You have to pick Lille because I think Lille won. Um, it was it Bayern Munich, Ajax was it? Was it Ajax? Bayern Munich? Munich, Ajax, Real Madrid. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather play Real Madrid than Ajax if I'm honest, because Ajax are just the way they're, Ten Hag sets up. They are very, very difficult to beat, and they're going to cause a lot of problems. Mm. Um, whereas Real Madrid, uh, are they as good as they were last year? I don't really think so. Maybe a slight improvement. Have but you I watched Vinicius Junior play this season? Yeah, but oh. I, I, I think I think we can beat Real Madrid. I do think we can beat Real Madrid. They're not the Real Madrid of old. Let's face it. Bayern Munich. They've only lost one game very... all season in the, in their league. I still I still think we, we're good enough to beat Real Madrid. I really do think we are. Good I'm not a Real Madrid fan here, by the way. I'm just saying that I've, I've got to give them the credit in the bank. Here. No, no, no. Obviously, they're doing well in in the league, but 
let's be honest, how good's the Liga this year, really? That's it's awful. It's not okay. It's Real Madrid and then nineteen other teams. Yeah. So I mean, I personally, I'd rather face them than Ajax. And Bayern Munich is a no go. Bayern Munich are amazing. I end up. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. But I get your point though about like you know if if we were to go out. That we can focus on the league. I think that was your point last year as well, Michael, when you said about Atletico. And True. It's a very valid point. But it like, can change. It can change so yeah, quickly. Look, injuries, coming back, exactly. form. So, you know, know it's going to be a long season, whatever happens. But, yeah, I'll tell yeah. you your point. Um, Chris, do you want any thoughts on that before we touch Leeds? Uh, well, I think Lille are the obvious ones because they are the weakest team out of the four. Um, I do agree with Beth about Real Madrid. I think they're incredibly overrated. I mean, they lost to a team called Sheriff earlier in the Champions League. So, at home. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know why everyone's suddenly rating Real Madrid again because La Liga is in turmoil. It's awful. The standard of their league has fell off a cliff. The standard of Spanish football actually is the worst it's been for the past fifteen years. So, I'd, I'd rather, I probably would rather Real Madrid than Ajax because I think Ajax they've almost got nothing to lose. Um, getting to the knockout stages is what they aim for, and that's where they are. And they would be massive underdogs going in against us, but they are a very dangerous team. I think you could argue that maybe when Real Madrid took on Sheriff, all they just thought is they thought, oh, this game will be a bit of a, a rest game for us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was I'm like I do think um, they, they are an incredible team, Bayern. But I don't think they're the Bayern of two years ago when mm. we played them with Lampard and got absolutely annihilated. Mm. I don't think that, oh, that we're, we're not the Chelsea of old, are we? We're not the Chelsea of no. the Lampard, are we? Uh, so, although I would, I wouldn't expect us to beat Bayern if we did draw them, but I also wouldn't be overly shocked if we did because, again, they do concede a lot of goals, Bayern. They score a lot too, but in knockout football, I do think if you are leaky at the back with the away goals rule, it's always a very dangerous way to play. And I do think Bayern are like that. They've conceded a lot of goals in the Bundesliga for a team that's so dominant. They do concede a lot of goals. So I I wouldn't want to draw Bayern, but it would almost be a a good game to watch because I wouldn't be expecting us to win. Mm, yeah. We did, it'd be incredible. So but yeah, it's fair. I mean I'm hoping someone laughed at my rest pun there. I thought it was yeah, yeah, I tried. I tried. Anyway, trying uh, pre quick preview ahead of our game against Leeds. It's a three pm kickoff. Will it be included in my weekend treble? No, no, of course it won't. I don't, I don't bet on Chelsea because it's not worth the hassle. Because if they lose, I'm double annoyed then. Um, <laughs> team news: Tuchel, he's confirmed Mendy will start. Not really a surprise, I suppose. Uh, Chalobah, Kovacic, Kante, and Chilwell have all been ruled out. Jorginho is going to return. For Leeds, Calvin Phillips, Liam Cooper, Patrick Bamford, Robin Cock, and Rodrigo are out. Chelsea have won their last four home league games against Leeds. They've never won five in a row, though, at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, that's always a good omen. Uh, guys, what are you expecting? A, a big a big result, I've got to hope for. I, I actually think this is a very good... I think it's probably the perfect team to play after our four. Um, I think Leeds, the way they play, are always open. Um, and I think with Timo and his pace and Lukaku, they're going to get chances. And look, they're both scored midweek. Their, their confidence is probably high after that. Um, I think you've got a pack of midfield, like Chris says. So Mount will play, Lattachuk will play, and Jorginho will play. And I think those three are more than good enough to cope with, with Leeds. Mm. Um, the wing-back situation is interesting. Um, Alonso hasn't been great. 
Um, Rhys James is going to play. That was confirmed today. Rhys, yeah, Rhys, Rhys James will definitely play. Uh, that's not for debate. Um, but will he start putting him to a wing back again? Uh, Alonso, I'm not too sure. And the centre backs, um, Rudiger, Thiago Silva, and then Christensen, I'd have thought. Christensen and Rudiger have to be better than they've been the past couple of games. So I think they've been very, very poor. It's all eyes on Rafinha, well. isn't it? Yeah, th- they've been very disjointed and. The line is all over the place. The three centre backs are all over the place. Even Thiago Silva and the other two have been quite erratic in their decision making. And then Mendy, look, he's made a couple of mistakes against West Ham, so hopefully he gets a clean sheet. Um, I do think we'll get a clean sheet. Uh, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for three 0 I-, I think Bernard and Lukaku will both score as well. Fair enough, Chris. What are you thinking? Um, I mean, I do agree with what Bert said. Leeds are very open, and I mean. They're almost open and cavalier and not scoring goals this season. It's a very strange way of playing, actually. Um, so I would expect Werner and Lukaku to get chances. I would hope that we can turn over and actually take some chances for once. Would be nice. Uh, the wing back situation, though, because I agree with the rest of the team, but I've just said really. But the wing back situation, I would either Reese James is on the right, and then I would either have Hudson-Odoi or Pulisic on the left. But I would also be tempted to take out Christensen. That's for the Quarian. No, definitely not. Not for the oh, way dear, no. <laughs> Move, Move Reese James to right centre-back and put Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi as my wing-backs in a game against Leeds that we should dominate the ball. Um, Reese James is better at stopping counter-attacks from that from that position, stepping out because uh, he's got recovery pace, which I think is what Christensen's struggling with now. He seems to be going in to win a ball that isn't there, and then getting done for pace in the space that he's left. Um, I think it also just gives Jorginho again that extra bit of cover for not being a hundred percent with someone like Reese James, who's not only quick but also strong behind him. Um, so I I'd probably consider doing that. I think Pulisic as well. He was good against Zenit when he came on. Uh, looked lively again. I think Ziyech is quite unlucky to miss out, but I just can't find anywhere to put him. Uh, I um, actually think Ziyech has been quite good recently. I, I must admit, yeah. he's gone under the radar a bit. He always gives away the ball, but I think against West Ham, obviously he got the goal against Watford and against Zenit. I, I think he's actually been quite good the past four yeah, or five games. I mean, I mean, it'll be a full house, hopefully, this weekend for Chelsea. Obviously, the last time was one of the few fans in games. Can you remember how many fans it was? 2000. Spot on. Spot on. Well, I'm hoping for, I'm going to say 2-0 two, two Chelsea. Go I'm going to say 3-1. I don't think we'll keep the clean sheet. I'd love a clean sheet. It was 3-1 last year, weren't it? I think when we played. Yes. Yeah, Bamford scored for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we sign off, it's time to find out who is that former blue at the start. I said he won six league titles in his career so far. He featured on the cover of the Italian version of FIFA 15. He's one of only three foreign-born players to have played for his country at a World Cup. And he's played with Falcao, Dudek and Gaitan. I'm going to give you an extra clue because I don't think you've got it. We're keeping the December vibe going and today's his birthday. And I, when I put that clue in, I was gutted because I thought that's really thick because I think the club might tweet about it. They didn't. So that's a bit, I thought it was like, oh, harsh. <laughs> in fact, I've not seen a single post about his birthday today, which I instantly now feel sorry for him. I literally have no idea who it is. I'm not oh, I don't. Okay, F- 
Falcao, he played with at River Plate. Jersey Dudek right. was at Real Madrid. Gaitan is for Argentina. So he's placed for Argentina, but he's not born in Argentina. Mm, it's not. No, it can't be. Okay, how do I do this? I've got some. Um, he won the Serie A top scorer. I won't say the year because I think that gives it away. He was in the Serie A team of the year three times. He was in the Europa uh, League squad of the year twice. Who is it? I still don't know who it is. I think I know who it is. Well, I don't know now. Go on, I who do you think? No, no, it isn't. Because he has, I don't think he's ever played for Real Madrid. Who are you thinking? Crespo. No, no but... Crespo, no. Wow, OK. That's fair. actually good. I can see your point there. I can see your point where you got that. Um, if I tell you he got the MVP award for Juventus in 2016, 17, 17, 18, does that help? Oh, I know it is. Of course it is. I know it is. Go on. I still haven't got it. Go on. Is it Higuain? It's Higuain. Yeah. Oh, I thought I'd go for a more recent one, but maybe a bit, I thought the birthday thing would give it away because I was convinced that someone would tweet about it today and I, think I didn't so. see Higuain. a single tweet. Higuain, you always forget, played for Chelsea. I, don't, like, that's I think he forgets for he played for Chelsea when you watch him. I think him. we all forget, I think we all forget, to be honest. To be yeah. fair, I, I forgot he was still around. Yeah, he got into Miami. His brother's yeah. just retired, I think. I didn't even realise he had a brother. Yeah, his brother's quite well quite well known in the MLS. I mean, the MLS finishes tomorrow as well. It's uh, tomorrow at 8 o'clock for anyone in the UK. I might watch it because it's um, Portland Timbers and New York City. Nice. So there's a lot of upsets in that. Seattle let me down again in that. But, oh well. um, with that, we've come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram if you do not already follow us. And you can find us by searching for At At The Bridge Pod. Uh, if you listen on Apple Pods, then obviously leave us a five-star review. That really does help us out, and we do appreciate it. So till next week, listeners, that is us signing off.